Hello and welcome to Money Life. This is Sucheta Dilal. This week we are talking about bear juice. Any of you who have kids, I'm sure have gone in and seen what is bear juice all about, what kind of education are they offering, and is it good for your kids? Suddenly, in the last two months, all of it just has unraveled in such a shocking manner. The question that I'm asking today is: Was it really such a shock, or was bear juice a slow train wreck? that was visible to anyone who was a little discerning except maybe the venture capitalists who were looking for a big payday so let's start with the beginning of this year okay the numbers were compiled on 17th march dr jitendra singh minister of state for science and technology proudly declared that india was home to five decacons what are decacons these are startups which are valued at over 10 billion so india had five flipkart bejus nike swiggy and phone pay they were part of a global assembly of just 47 com- startups valued at over 10 billion now india has 108 unicorns which is over a billion 93000 government recognized startups all waiting to get more and more valuation and obviously matter of justifiable pride even for the minister then things went rapidly south many of these companies are listed in fact five of the listed e-commerce companies cartrade somato nike paytm and policy bazaar all extremely high profile you can't get into any app or anything that you're viewing online without seeing their ads but they have all disappointed investors very very badly each of them barring somato which is up 11% from its offer price each of them is trading 21 to 68% below their offer price and if you look at how it was listed on a high on the day of listing then the gap is even more bejus as it happened is the most was the most valuable of them all had not been listed was expecting to create a big bang on the stock market and it has just crashed its valuations have been crashed and downgraded by its own investors okay this happens a string of disastrous decisions and it's another example you've heard controversies with startups another example of how things can go wrong in this huge rush to grow too fast get too much of valuation keep collecting money in multiple rounds everything that could go wrong has gone wrong with bijus and i think it's worth narrating it because people are supposed to learn from mistakes right the startup world especially very proud of the fact that every mistake every loss is a learning opportunity so let's look at what is bejus all about because there may be lots of lessons to be learned for a lot of people from what they did so starting march 2022 this is when bejus valuation was the highest at 22 billion it was established by a fundraise that it had done at that time and it was the pride of indian startups way up there above everyone else in spite of declaring a loss of 4588 crore for the year ended 31st march 2021 yeah that is how the startup world works you are most valuable you're spending money and you have such a humongous loss that it's mind boggling for people to even think of those numbers now cut to 26 july that's when things began to unravel less than a week ago 
Social media was awash with images of Baiju Ravindran, high-profile promoter with a eponymous name, breaking down in tears as he tried to explain the multidimensional crisis that the company faced. And he was still struggling to raise a billion dollars, to restructure a controversial borrowing, and to assure his employees and investors that don't worry, we're going to come back, things are going to get better. They didn't. In fact, just a day earlier, the Netherlands-based investor, Process, which is one of the largest investors in Bejus, had come out with an extraordinarily damaging statement, which said that the firm had repeatedly disregarded advice and recommendations from its director, who was on the board. This advice related to strategic, operational, legal, and corporate governance matters. How and why Bejus uh, and its promoter Ravindran was not listening is not mentioned. It's nicely vague. Process also said that it had slashed Baiju's valuation in its own books from, remember, the 22 billion to 5.1 billion, which is less than one fourth. In fact, this year, the process director who was on the board stepped down in June. Along with him stepping down, name was Russell Dreisenstock. Along with him, G.V. Ravishankar of Sequoia Capital and Vivian Wu of Chan Superberg also stepped up. Soon after they resigned, two other independent directors also quit. This didn't happen on its own. This is when the statutory auditor finally threw in the towel and resigned because it said that despite many reminders, the company was not even submitting data to finalize the accounts. In fact, the director cited differences with Ravindran on operational issues, again, nicely vague. On 10 July, VC Circle reported that the two other directors, Amit Khansad and Vishruta Kaul, both lawyers with one law firm who had been independent directors, had quit. Nobody has talked about details, mind you. This is important to note. It's now a pattern. When things go wrong, the venture capitalists or VCs pin the blame on the startup founder. He wasn't listening to us, but were you pushing him to do things that he didn't want to because you wanted higher valuation? That is not talked about. So the process statement to me seems like a playbook. Did they and other VCs not notice Bejo's dubious sales tactics? I mean, this is the part of Bejo's that has been haunting people for the last year or two. It's bullying ways, dodgy ethics. And this has not been called out by just any trolls on social media, very credible people with a lot of backing have put this out in the public domain only to be trolled and harassed. In fact, they were subject to nasty attacks. Why did these independent directors not apply the brakes on unreal growth, not say that this cannot go on? Did they think this was not part of governance? Did they wake up only when the statutory auditor decided to quit? Now, process says, Ravindran disregarded advice and recommendations. What were these? Slowing down on how it does business because lots of things went wrong and they were sticking there without an issue when all this was happening. Okay, so we need to look at it. So it's useful to recall all of these because look at the starting point of Baijus. It's in fact a nice, romantic, inspirational story that should be made into a movie. He's the son of teachers from Kerala had a knack for teaching and was very good at it. So he set up Think and Learn in 20, 
11. This then segued into a learning app by 2015. This happened after he got his first funding in 2013 from Erin Kaplan. So what should have been this beautiful, heartening story about educating India, which we really need, has turned into a disaster and has become a story of recklessness, unbridled growth, and let's face it, greed. 29 rounds of funding have gone into pumping nearly $6 billion into this enterprise. So when you have $6 billion coming in, a loss of 4,588 crores seems like, okay, we can manage, we're coming back. But remember, each of these investors was driven only by their self-interest. They wanted higher and higher valuations. Someone was exiting, making a lot of money, while the sober voices, which were saying, hold on, things are not okay about how it sells, were ignored. So I'm sure many of you recollect Dr. Anirudh Malpani. If you're not on social media, you probably don't, because he was one of them who posted a series of articles on LinkedIn to talk about Bejo's aggressive sales tactics. We have written about it in Money Life. Those of you who want to read, there's a link down here. Now, Dr. Malpani happens to be not just a doctor, but he's an angel investor. Guess what happened to someone who was as well known as that? He had a great following on LinkedIn. His account was suspended. Though everybody involved denies it, LinkedIn, Bejo's, one understands that it was because Bejo's is such a large advertiser that LinkedIn was willing to sacrifice a popular account holder and just suspended the account. He, of course, wrote a blog, wrote about it, which is why we're talking about it. What was he pointing to? The toxic work culture and deliberate mis-selling by Bejo's. Anyone on the board waking up to it, there's no public sign of any of this happening, right? Other celebrities have spoken out. They were trolled so badly that they have deleted their tweets. This, unfortunately, for all of you to know, is part of new corporate India strategy. Each one of them has a digital firm, which attacks everyone. We get attacked for anything that's critical or negative about any company. It's a toolbox, suppresses criticism, raises questions. So even the most egregious wrongdoing that's happening, when you are bombarded with people who seem to be angry at what you've written, a middle of the road wonders how much of it is true. Is it all correct? Is this person biased? Is this person paid off? You, it's a horrible thing that's going on today, which makes people find it very difficult to understand what is true and what is false. But forget the social media, government agencies finally took notice. So in December 2022, remember quite a while ago, December 2022, the National Commission for Protection of Child Rights, NCPCR, Baju salespeople were accused of stealing phone numbers of students, calling up parents and students, shaming and threatening them into buying courses by saying, your son is not going to get through, take a loan, don't you want your son's future? Baju's initial reaction was strong denial. This has been typical, okay, for everything that happened, first deny. After that, it fell in line because it's a government agency after all, promised to correct its ways, introduce checks and balances, ensure positive consent from parents while signing them up from program, for programs because people ended up in debt with a three-month trial. And it agreed to say that its sales agents will not go to people's houses without an appointment, can't gate crash on them and browbeat them. Since then, 
Bajus has lost cases in consumer courts, multiple of them because people took it to court. That was only because they had employees have come forward to speak about steep targets, questionable sales tricks, and how they were sacked if they didn't meet targets. Was this waking up the board? Because this is also not two, three months old, which is when the directors have resigned. No indication of it. Instead, every crisis one would expect gets discussed at the board, but there was a denial, which means that the board was with uh, Bejo's on all of this. This is happening repeatedly, isn't it? We've seen the same ethical questions crop up with other high profile but controversial startups grown too quickly, Bharatpay, housing.com, Zilingo, maybe so many others, and both sides blame the other. What we do know is that the VCs who fund them are usually hiding behind anonymity or very short on details. Now, come, let's come to more legal compliances. In Baiju's case, it played fast and loose with many statutory compliances. The most dangerous of all was not to make contributions to the Employee Provident Fund organization since August 2022. This is a jailable offense. It's only when an investigation was started that 123 crore were cleared. This was also not 100%, it was most of it. And it was cleared one month before the crisis in June 2023. Like I said, after a probe. Now let's come to Deloitte. Deloitte Haskin and Sells, we're calling them Deloitte, said it could not finalize accounts for 21-22, around the time the directors have resigned, because the company did not provide financial records despite several reminders. Bejo is trying to correct it. It's got a new chief financial officer and they have promised to finalize them by end of September. So everything is still in the air. In April, the enforcement directorate raided Bejo, seized laptops, what have you. Again, what was the allegation? Bejo's called it a routine inquiry, but media reports quoting ED officials say that this was triggered by huge foreign remittances that had been made and accounts had not been filed, which we already do. Now let's come to fundraising. Bajos has grown both organically by selling its own products through salespeople and through a series of expensive acquisitions. Akash, Topper, Epic, Great Learning, and White Hat Junior. The last mentioned has been losing humongous amounts of money and people say has been a disaster. Now, Bajos had no reason to go wrong. It had, you know, the global pandemic that shattered lives and created so much tension was a positive time for Bejus. It was, in fact, a huge slice of unexpected good luck because all parents moved online because they wanted their children's education to continue. So it first doubled its revenues in FI1920 to 2511 crore. This was pre-pandemic. But 2021, revenues actually fell to 2428 crore, while losses soared to 4588 crore, which is a 19.8% jump over the previous year. I mean, at one level, it explains the reluctance to finalize accounts for 21-22, but clearly it couldn't take advantage of this big bonanza that it got in the form of a pandemic. In fact, even today, there's no indication that it really has learned lessons because publicly upbeat, like I said, still trying to borrow a billion dollars and hoping to hide the financial miss. But the arrogance was so high until recently 
that it actually sued. It couldn't pay a 40 million interest payment, quarterly interest payment on a term B loan of $1 billion. These were lenders whom it sued. So it has not paid the money, but it sued them in the New York Supreme Court. They, of course, have laughed it out, but have agreed to restructure because everyone wants their money back. So they've agreed to restructure it. That decision is supposed to happen today, 3rd of August. So we'll wait and see what happens. So what is the future going forward? One, we wait for this decision. We wait to see what happens with the restructuring of loans. It's very clear that the company is downsizing. And obviously, that should reduce the hemorrhaging of money because 25,000 employees have been laid off from a peak employee strength of 58,000. And now, of course, valuation has been downgraded substantially by its own venture capitalists. The story of Indian Decacrons is really sad because it really shows us in bad light, this happens all over the world. We've had bigger disasters. So Beju is not standalone. Let's face it, there'd be as big, as embarrassing disasters globally. And they have also taken in otherwise smart people who completely conned by it and lost money. But what we need to look at is the VCs who funded them. What is the role they have to play? Have they... For them, the worst that happens is reconcile yourself to the fact that there's not going to be a big payday through an expensive listing. In fact, investors are not too happy. They're not going to jump at it. So they themselves are slashed valuations in their books. They will take the losses, move on to another company, probably pump it up and hope to recover this loss elsewhere. What happens to Bejus, which was good idea, good con concept, and a good man got carried away, is something that we are all waiting. We hope he finds stability and is able to set things right, maybe on a much scaled down level, but in a manner that helps everybody, himself and the country and lots of Indians who still need education. If you like what I'm saying, please share this video. Thank you.